Hi, you're listening to a sermon from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. We're so glad you're listening. If you'd like more information, you can visit us online at oakhills.org or phone us at 916-983-0181. Well, it is always fun to get together when we just have one service and we can all be in the same room at the same time. There's this picture that comes to me when we have these occasions like this of reminding very a very vivid picture of a reminder that our life with God is not lived on our own. It's not lived in these individual paths, but our life with God is intimately connected with one another. This sense of being the church and what God does, not just in an individual life, which we'll talk about a bit today, but what he does in our communal life together, the way that he is present with us when we all come together. And we talk about this on a regular basis, and certainly we have two services, and you know you can envision it, but it's just good when we get together once in a while, and everybody's in the room, or most people, and there's that sense of community and togetherness. So it is good for us to be here today. We have a couple of old friends that I want to mention before we... Uh, they're not old, but they're people we've known for a long time. Dave and Carolyn Holcomb, if you would stand up. Dave actually is getting old. Carolyn's getting younger, but Dave is getting older. So it is good to have Dave and Carolyn here. They, uh, some of you know, but Dave is pastor of a church down in Southern California. They've recently added a new member to their family, uh, Cody, their son of two years old. So uh, Dave gets older, his family keeps expanding, and I don't know how he does it, but I'm glad it's him. And so <laughs> blessings on you guys. Good to have you guys here. Well, on Christmas Eve morning, I drove to a store to pick up a gift, and I got there 20 minutes before The store opened, I parked, and I sat in the car and waited. And a few minutes later, I noticed other people coming into the parking lot, and they were getting out of their cars and actually forming a line outside of this store. And I thought it was really strange that they were doing this, because, in particular, as you may recall, Christmas Eve, it was cold, and it was rainy, and it was windy on Christmas Eve, and yet people were lining up outside the door of the store. Now, this is a huge store. There's like really wide doorways you can walk through. So it's not necessary to line up. So I thought uh, lots of people could get in this place at one time. Uh, so I just didn't get standing in the cold rain and wind before the doors opened. And yet, as I looked more carefully, there were whole families, some with children standing in the cold and the rain and the wind waiting for the doors of this massive store to open. And finally, the doors did open. And so I got out of the car, and I walked toward the front of the store. And I went into the store, and I noticed when I went in, the line that had formed outside the store wasn't moving at all. And when I got in, I finally realized what was going on. The reason all these people had lined up in the cold and in the rain and in the wind was because Santa was inside the store, and they were there to see him. And they really wanted to see him. Hence the line forming outside the door, in the cold, in the rain, and in the wind to get in. And I've been thinking about this ever since. The story keeps returning in the form of a self-reflection question 
that goes something like this. What do I want so much that I am willing to stand in the cold rain and wind to get? See, this has to do with intention. And I think intention is a good topic for us to think about on the brink of a new year. Intention is about what I really want and am willing to sacrifice in order to get. What do I really want in this upcoming year? Do I want my soul to grow in Christ-likeness? Do I want to become, in some way, shape, or form, more like Jesus? What specific character quality do I want Jesus to shape in me this upcoming year? What do I want to happen in my family, perhaps, this next year? Or in a relationship with a friend, how do I want that relationship to grow and transform and morph? Or how do I want to see my marriage shift and change over this next year? Intention has to do with what we want. I mean, really want. Stand in the cold rain and wind kind of want. And intention is a vital part of our relationship with God. You see, there's this strange, unusual, maybe hard to imagine kind of power we actually have over God. You have it, and I have it. And I know that sounds weird, but in a way we don't have time to get all into, God generally gives us what we want. Generally speaking, broad brush strokes, God gives us what we want. So if we don't want more of him, he obliges. If we don't want his heart in some way, he obliges. If we aren't interested in developing more of his character, he says, fine, you don't have to. If we are content, in other words, with our life with God and with our relationship with God, and we like it as is and we're good with it, he'll effectively leave us alone. See, our intention is the extent to which we want God active and involved in our daily lives and in the transformation of our inner being. So here we are on the brink of this new year. I know this is a bit silly. I'm not sure why I get like this uh, near the end of the year, but I always like this time of year because things feel like they reset this time of year. They don't, really. But it feels like they do. It's like that rare time when you go through all your emails, delete, 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 delete. And there's only like 16 left. Or text messages, swipe, delete, swipe, delete, swipe, delete. Clear it all out and you have none for at least 48 seconds. They feel like, things feel like they reset this time of year. And then everything stretches out in front of you. I live the bulk of my existence, as many of you know, inside of a sports metaphor. I mean, that's just my special place I call my home. So the clock is about to run out in the fourth quarter of 2018, but then kickoff happens right away in a new game called 2019. And as we look out into 2019 and start thinking about what's in store this year, maybe there's some exciting things upcoming in our families. Probably, whether we know it or not, there will be some challenges in this new year. I know that as a congregation, as a church, 
as the people of God in this little sliver called Oak Hills, we have some fun and faith-stretching things in store for us in this 2019. But here we sit today on the brink of a new year, and the whole thing is stretched out in front of us. And much of it is unknown. And I want to suggest that regardless of what happens in 2019, purposeful and intentional spiritual formation in Christ-likeness will prepare us for 2019 better than anything else. Being intentional in our pursuit of God and the formation and the transformation our character of our character will prepare us very well to deal with whatever happens in 2019. So I would like to focus our attention today. Perhaps focus it more than usual. In other words, I'd like to delve down into some details that are probably overly detailed for a group this size. But I want us to focus our attention today on our own intention in our relationship with Jesus. What we actually want in the relationship. I read a book a while back about how the Spirit of God works in the soul to transform it, to change it. And I came across this brilliant little prayer. I love this. Here's what it said. God, help me to be the man my dog thinks I am. (laughs) I really get that. I don't know. That just resonates with me. Help me be as good as my little dog Charlotte thinks I am. See, the mic that lives in Charlotte's head is loving, joyful, patient, kind, gentle, caring, and gracious. Charlotte's mic is a really amazing guy. There's only one problem. Charlotte's mic doesn't really exist. Some aspects do. So intention... My intention is the decision, or not, to cooperate with God's Spirit so I become the person He desires and the person my dog thinks I am. So with that, I'd like to share our scripture reading. And if you would stand for a moment, it's very short. It's from Colossians chapter 2. And I'm only going to read verses 6 and 7. The Apostle Paul writes and he says, So then... Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Maybe see. Paul uses this great phrase, continue to live your lives in Him. It is a beautiful vision to hold out in front of yourself as 2019 stretches out before you. Continue to live your lives in Him. Stay in it. Whatever might come, be present to the presence of God. Walk with Him through it all. Trust Him in everything. And the version we read says, continue to live your lives in Him. But Paul actually uses the word walk in this passage. So the verse literally reads, walk in Him. Again, a short, simple phrase that stretches out over all of 2019 to hold on to and remember, walk in him. I like the earthiness of that. Wherever life takes us, whatever it requires at any given moment, 
Whatever challenges or joys await in the little stuff or in the big stuff, whatever we are doing at any given moment, live real, actual, everyday life in Him. Walk each step with Him and in the reality of His presence. Paul then expands and elaborates, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith. This is a picture of one who is solid and established in their relationship with Jesus. In John 15 language, this is the one who abides in Christ. Or other translations say, this is the one who remains in Christ. Their life, in other words, flows from their relationship with Jesus. There is, in the language of one writer, a thickness to their faith. It is substantial to who they are. Their faith actually shapes who they are. It forms them into a particular kind of person. It transforms them into a particular kind of person. Paul writes here in the passive tense, which we don't need to dive into all that, but he writes in the passive tense to emphasize that you and I don't make spiritual growth happen in our own power. We don't white-knuckle this and say, I'm going to muster up the energy to go do this. The Spirit works within us to shape us into the people He created us to be. So more literally out of this passage, we are being rooted, being built up, being strengthened by the Spirit who forms us in the character of Jesus. So this is a work of the Spirit of God. But here's the caveat, and here's where I want to focus for a few minutes today. God does not magically do all of this for us. We have a role to play in our spiritual growth and formation. We might say the verse this way, because this is what he's actually saying. You... Individually, you, as a church community, continue to live your lives in him. We almost have to personalize it. You continue to live your actual, real, daily life in 2019 in him. So that's what intention looks like. That is the intention. Continue to live your lives in him. Do you want to do that? Do we want to continue to live in Him? Do we want to deepen our experience of Him? Do we want to grow? What is our intention? What do we actually want? Or back to the beginning, what will we stand in cold rain and wind for? I think it is helpful, especially as the 2019 game is about to kick off, to get as particular as possible about these things. That is to say, to leave the generalities and to focus on a specific area as we think about this. It's the aim small, miss small kind of thing. So, for example, intentional about a specific character issue. What might that look like? What might that character issue be? Or intentional about the area of our personal finances. What would that look like? Debt, giving, budgeting. Or intentional in a key relationship with a friend, someone in our family, child, spouse. It's important as we keep thinking about intention, and this may come across as obvious because it is obvious, 
If we continue to do what we did in 2018, then we should accept, expect the same results in 2019. This is just a critical part of life with God. It's a critical part of the extent to which we experience intimacy with Him and the extent to which our lives are being transformed. If we continue to do what we did in 2018, then we should expect the same results in 2019. I'm going to keep urging us to specifics. So think of the character issue or finances or relationship. If we continue to do what we did in 2018, then we should expect the same results in 2019. Our character, our finances, our relationships will not be different unless we intend to do something different, try something different, jam up the system a bit and introduce a new practice, introduce a new discipline, introduce a new habit. Let's try to narrow this down even more. Jesus himself was perfect in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Jesus' inner being, his character, was perfect in terms of those things. Jesus was perfectly Christ-like. I realize that's silly, but... He was perfectly Christ-like. He perfectly manifested what life could actually be like and what a human being could actually be like in this actual world with all of its brokenness and tough stuff. This means the inner being of the man, Jesus Christ, was rooted and established and grounded in the love and goodness of his Father. Jesus' identity, in other words, was based in, rooted in, the love of his Father for him. And it was out of that inner strength he responded and he reacted perfectly to the events, people, and situations of his life. I hope this hits you as rather astounding. We're not talking about this faraway, distant deity who, of course, is perfect. We're talking about Jesus the man, walking the planet, dealing with things much like you and I deal with. And yet he responded and reacted perfectly to those events, people, and situations of his life. And here's the thing. His desire is to grow you and me into people who react Similarly, or say it another way, to grow us toward a more perfect expression of what a human being is to be about. That's the work the Spirit wants to do in us. So think about your character. Be specific if you can. And I'm going to just use anger as an example here. But you may want to think of some other character issue, but let's try anger. If in 2018 we were impatient, we were quicker to get angry. We noticed it. Maybe we were a hothead on the freeway. Maybe we gave hand signals now and then on the freeway. Sharp with our tongue at home. Maybe someone we live with commented on, what's up with you? You're edgy. If we found, you know, just easily frustrated about silly things. Here's the deal. We will be the same way in 2019 
unless we intend to be different and incorporate some practices and experiences to train ourselves or retrain ourselves to become different. That is, more like Jesus. Spiritual growth will not happen because we hope it happens. It will not happen because we wish it happens. It will not happen because we wait for it to happen. Spiritual formation happens by being intentional and cooperating with what the Spirit of God begins to do and wants to do in our inner world. I'm tired of being so angry. I don't like how much I complain about everything. I lack joy. I'm always anxious. I'm too controlling. I'm suffocating under this insecurity. I'm afraid to open up and be vulnerable. I feel the need to clarify. These are not all my issues. I'm just giving possibilities here. I mean, my list is way longer than that, but take any one of those issues or any other. I have confidence the spirit of Jesus is ready and willing to transform you in one of those areas. If that is what you want. We could be sitting here 12 months from now. In fact, many of us will be sitting here 12 months from now. And it is possible because of the power of the Spirit of God that the thing that's in our head right now, the character thing that we're zeroing in on, it is possible 12 months from now that we could actually be different and transformed in that thing if that's what we want. And, metaphorically speaking, if we're willing to stand in the cold and the rain and the wind to grow in this specific character issue. In other words, if we're willing to do our part. Think about finances for a moment. Debt, savings, giving, the markets going all over the place, crashing one day, surging the next day, and with it comes uncertainty. We all feel it. The future, oh, the retirement was going so well. Boom, now it's dropping out. We better cinch down. All this fear and uncertainty that comes because of this silly thing called the market. And in a few weeks, in the great wisdom of Oak Hills Church, we're going to enter into a giving campaign. (laughs) And we're going to walk straight into this. Try to think together about God's perspective on all these things. Try to prioritize what he wants. Year-end offering is in front of us a couple days before that. This whole idea of what do you do with that? How do you give? How do you hedge? This is happening. Fearful. It's uncertain. Better pull back. Better give more. Whatever. All those things get in the play. I really want to get my finances under control in 2019. I want to lower my debt. Hey, let's work together and we'll free up money so we can give to things that matter in this new year. I want to be less anxious about money. I need to finally live on a budget. This is the year. We're going to live on a budget. I'm tired of talking about all the ways our finances are out of control. Can we finally do something about it? Again, caveat, these aren't all my issues, but some possibilities related to finances. Here's the thing. If finances are going to be different in 2019, we have to first want or intend for them to be different and then 
do something about it with confidence. The Spirit of God is present, active, moving, working, and ready to transform us to be more like Jesus in the area of our finances. So we take action. Go get help. Have a conversation. Make a budget. Talk to someone. Start giving. Make a plan. Because if we do the exact same things we've done in 2018, we should expect the exact same results in 2019. Think about your relationships for a moment. And I would suggest your key relationships, the ones close to you, maybe a friendship, maybe a relationship with a sibling, maybe a relationship you have with one of your parents or with one of your children, maybe a relationship you have with a grown child, maybe a relationship you have with your spouse. What is the state of the relationship right here today, December 30th, 2018, I had to make sure I was right on that date. What would you like that relationship to be like? And again, work down the funnel so it gets really specific. What part of the relationship would you like to be different? Are you willing to stand in the rain and the wind and the cold to move a little bit toward that desire? What practices, what experiences, what conversations, what disciplines will help you grow so the relationship grows. I want to talk about one practice with profound implications for any one of those relationships that has come to your mind. And it is the practice of the Lord's table. Now, next week, for three weeks, but beginning next week, we're starting a three-week series on the importance of the communion table in the life of our congregation. And we're calling it to the table. As in, bring it to the table. Let's go to the table. Let's take it to the table. And I'll probably go further than I want to in this because this is so critical in my mind. This is so important. I'll probably say things today and then you'll show up next week and go, he said that last week. I'm sure that's going to happen. Because this just is crucial in my mind. From my perspective as one of your leaders, growth in a relationship is often about growth in grace, growth in forgiveness, and growth in reconciliation. I know there's a lot more to it than that. But from my perspective, it often connects with one of those. Growth in grace, growth in forgiveness, growth in reconciliation, and that is exactly what that table is all about. The practice of communion then shapes us into people who experientially know what reconciliation means. What do I mean by that? What I mean is we don't know it like, yeah, I know what reconciliation means. I can define it. I know what reconciliation means because I read about it one day. It doesn't, we're not talking about that. We experientially know what reconciliation means. We know, in other words, because we've experienced the goodness and the liberation of reconciliation. So we know our sin and how it separates us from God, and we know He did absolutely everything to restore us and bring us back to Him. And when we come to the table, we encounter the God who reconciles. And the love and grace and forgiveness and reconciliation, we rehearse 
at the communion table and remember at the communion table and once again encounter at the communion table is to then flow through us and into our relationships. So the table is not just about me and God and it's not just about us and God. It's about us and us. Me and you. And I believe more than ever, the communion table is a symbol and a sign and a place of encounter for the people of God. The more divided the world becomes, the more broken the world becomes, the angrier the world gets, the more we separate into compartments and categories. More than ever, the communion table is rising in significance as a symbol, sign, and place of encounter for the people of God to remember we have been reconciled by the God of the universe. And we as Oak Hills Church are shaped and we are formed and we are transformed individually and as a community as we come to the table and continue to learn about it. I remember... Oh, several years ago, I was in a class with this guy who was talking about this. And um, actually, Dave Holcomb was, was in the class as well, I believe. I'm getting old. I don't remember. But anyway, the, this guy was talking about the relational disconnects he deals with as a pastor. And he was talking about this one instance in particular where this couple came to him for help in their marriage. And he listened to them, and he processed what they were saying, and then he said some version of this to them. He said, this is my counsel to you as a pastor. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure that you are in church most weeks of this year, and I want you to come forward together when you are and receive the elements of the communion table together. There's your counseling. I'll see you later. Now, I just want us to sit on that for a second and say, wait a second. You mean what we do there has something to do with our marriage? It has something to do with whatever relationship came to your mind when we started talking about the idea of growing in that relationship? That something as simple and routine, quote-unquote, as the communion table has some impact in the relationships I have that are fractured or broken or in other ways need reconciliation. It's called the power of the Holy Spirit meeting us at the point of our intention in order to transform us. And the practice of celebrating the table can have a profound impact and whatever relationship is in the front of your mind. Imagine that this was the new practice you were going to incorporate in order to make 2019 different. In order to experience transformation in a key relationship, you were going to commit to come when we serve communion and with this other person, if possible, come forward and receive it together and watch how God works in that. And that's our plan for relational growth. We've been, I've been talking about this with some of the staff people, and it's going to happen uh, within the next month or two. That in our offices here at the church, obviously we meet with people all the time talking about all sorts of different things, but if you want to just find a bucket to put it in, a lot of it is we're talking about 
relational issues, difficulties, stresses and strains and this and that. And sometimes the people who are in that stress and strain are right there in the office together with us and we're seeking to bring wisdom and counsel and some measure of advice to those things. In our offices, sometime this year, early this year, in those offices, on a table in those offices, there's going to be a communion cup and there's going to be, I'm sure there's a word for this, but like you take a loaf of bread and you do something to it so it never gets moldy shellac it or paint it or paper mache it or whatever it is. So on those tables, there will be a communion cup and there will be bread. And when we're there talking with people, this gets me going. When we're talking to people and there's some kind of difficulty or something, I can't believe this and this and this. You just have that right in front of you to see. Well, wait a second. I come to receive. And what I receive is infinite love from an infinite God who forgives me from head to toe of everything I've ever done. And I've done plenty. And here I am here and I can't let it flow through. There's something wrong with that. This is crucial to shaping us into the people of God. You know what this does? This begins to activate the Spirit of God in ways where He takes us beyond the stuff we actually can do on our own. And he moves us into that arena where I can't do this. Exactly. That's where I'm trying to get you. To where you can't do it. Because then I come in and help. I want to ask you to close your eyes if you would. I want you to think about this. You know, in this life, we sometimes get sold a bill of goods about, quote, leaving a legacy or making a mark or even the idea of making a difference. And hear me clearly. Those are not bad things. It's not a bad thing to leave a legacy. It's not a bad thing to want to make a mark. It's not a bad thing to want to make a difference. It's just that those things aren't enough. Because those are not what human beings were primarily created to do or to be. We're on the brink of a new year. So I want to remind us of who we are. First and foremost, first and foremost, we are followers of Jesus Christ. Citizens, first and foremost, not of the United States, citizens of the kingdom of God. So we live and move and have our being for the purpose of honoring Him and bringing glory to His name. We live and move and have our being for the purpose of showing His goodness to this broken world. We live and we move and we have our being to demonstrate to the people around us and to the world what happens when Jesus Christ is allowed to be king over a life. The goodness that flows. The peace that characterizes it. The love that flows the reconciliation that flows, the willingness to extend grace and forgive, the wonder of who Jesus is 
and what he can do when we allow him to do it. That's our purpose. And this is why we exist as a congregation. We exist to embody and to incarnate the ethics of God's kingdom. The way of God's kingdom. And in case we're wondering, the ethics or the way of God's kingdom is most of the time upside down from the ethics or the way of the world. We exist as a congregation to incarnate kingdom ethics and show the world who Jesus is and how good he is and what happens when Jesus is allowed to be king over a group of people where he determines the way they relate and interact. This is why we exist as a congregation. So the world will see him in and through our life together. And so, Lord Jesus Christ, you are the king over everything. And we come to you as your church today, as a small slice of your church in the world and an even smaller slice of your church down through the centuries. Groups of people, big and small, that have sought to incarnate your ethics and live them out. And we want to be such a church. We want to go beyond what we can do in our own strength. We want to experience the depths of your love that we might be people who increasingly exist, breathe, live, laugh, celebrate, and love to show one another and the world precisely who you are. We pray for your help to do this. In Jesus' name.
Jesus.